0: Welcome, thank you for listening to The Soulsome Word by David Entry. The words you catch will change your world. May your story change from this message. Be blessed. Forensic justification. Forensic justification. Organic salvation. Our salvation is organic. What's the meaning of organic? When we say something is organic, what's the meaning? What's the meaning of organic? <laughs> yes, yes. Natural? 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes? Sorry? Pure, which I, it hasn't been tampered. Tempered with man made chemicals and things like that. That's good. Yes. What did you say? Something which is living, which is alive. Say that again. Something which is alive, which is living. Something, we, where did you get that from? Something which is alive, which is living. She got it right. What most of you said wasn't very far from the truth, but she got exactly spot on. Spot on. Say life. Life. Say living. living. It's very important. Now, our salvation is organic. It's the salvation that brings us into life. It's very important. Now, anytime you read the New Testament, most of the time I discovered that when the Bible says life in the New Testament, it was, it's not referring to normal, natural life, it's not referring to um, bios. Okay, vegetative or anything created. It's not, oh, it's not referring to the created life. So when, when you read the Bible, the Bible says that the word of God is living. It's not talking about created life. When you read the Bible, the Bible says that um, the word of God is living. There's a place that says that um, for, for, Jesus said, um, the thief comes not to steal, not comes not to steal, but to steal, but I've come that you may have what? Life. Now that life. So anytime you read the Bible, New Testament, you come across the word life. You have to pause to find out what kind of life. Most of the time in the New Testament is talking about the uncreated life. Now, when we are born again, we are already alive. You have to be alive to be born again, because in the grave you can't be born again when you are dead. In Ephesians chapter two, it talks about verse four. It talks about and you has he made alive, or has he quickened? In Ephesians chapter two, verse one. He says that and you has he quickened. Who were once dead in your transgressions, all right? So, and you has he made alive? Let's all read it together from the screen. Let's go. And you, has, he has made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. So he made us alive. All right. He gave. He brought us into life. So when oh, when he justified us, didn't just justify us and left left us there. This whole thing is, is a package. The salvation package is one one that brings us into life. It's very important. But what kind of life is the uncreated life of God? Very important. So that is what makes it an organic salvation. Now you understand why I said her answer. It makes it organic. Something that is living. So our salvation is not like static, like, okay, um, 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 um you were once, uh, you, tr- okay, you travel, let's not let in the UK, you travel to UK, when you come to UK, you are not a citizen from somewhere, you come and relocate, live here, after some time, whatever the problem, maybe through marriage or through whatever process, you become a citizen, after you become a citizen, you are, that's all, flat, That dead, finished, you are a citizen but our salvation is not like you are not one saved now you are saved so that's finished. no when you are saved it's, it's 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 watch this it's an organic salvation so it's living it has life something that must continue to begin to so when you get born again you don't receive the life because watch this because of your good works so God cannot give you his life without you being justified so oh Jesus hallelujah justification takes place just or you receive life just at the same time you are being justified it's simultaneous all right so the whole thing is that we are we are not just justified for just the sake of justification I am justified you are justified to have life, watch this, and to live the life of God. So Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says that I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, and but yet not I, but the life which I now live, I live by faith. He's talking about, I'm living this new life. If a man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, all things have become new. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. So once you come into Christ, you are introduced into this uncreated life, which is the, the life of God is in you. Now, that is where I took the Gubnazo from. You have to exercise it out. You have to begin to exercise. There are things you must do, so that the life of God in you will comfortably gain an expression. So when you get born again externally, maybe if you have a long nose, it doesn't become short, or sorry, whatever. You have short hair after being born again, doesn't become long hair, right? If you are tall, after being born again, you don't become short or vice versa. After being born again, nothing physically changes about you. That's nothing? So they will see the same person. Actually, As a matter of fact, watch this. After being born again, your soul still is your soul. Now your soul is where you have your thinking, your feelings, your desires, your tastes. It's all within your soul. So have you realized that if, let's say you used to like um, fried rice before you became born. After being born again, they didn't really change. You still like, you still have a taste for fried rice. That is why there are people here who get born again and they are confused. At, but why am I still being tempted? Because your soul is not saved. <laughs> now, your, your spirit is saved. Your spirit received the life of God and you begin to, Bible says that, so there, there's always a war. Galatians chapter five, there is always a war. The flesh wants to do this and the spirit also wants to do this so that said so that I'm not able to do what I want to do because there is war Gal- Romans chapter 7 rather and actually Galatians 5 to this says that the, the flesh wars against the spirit all right so you either let your you either go towards the desires of the flesh which has to do with your soul or you have to go towards the desires of the spirit now so when you get born again you have the life of God in you say the life of God Amen. So that was, that's what makes it an organic salvation. But so how do I work this life in me? This life is not static. It's anything living is dynamic. All right, so when you read your Bible, when you listen to the word of God, and when you engage in practices that help your spirit grow, we, 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 we get into what is called, there is a metabolic process that goes on. Metabolism. What is metabolism? <laughs> this is not a science class. What's metabolism? Metabolism. metabolism. Yes. A Sorry? A process, a process of change. What's metabolism? Thank you sir. What's metabolism? Josh. The chemical, the chemical take the oh, <laughs> take your time. Ta- take your time. Ta- take your time. Wola, 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 wola. <laughs> Say that again. Is a chemical reaction which tends to take place in a body where substances are worked at and changed? It's a chemical reaction which takes place in the body where, where... Where certain substances like the food we eat is changed into energy. So where substances like the food we eat is changed into energy, into all substances, nutrients, are, that's, that's actually metabolism. Where there is life, there need to be metabolism. It's very important. Where there is life, there needs to be metabolism. So then, there is this whole, watch this, when you become born again, Jesus is in you. The life of God is in you. And he manages to depending on how much you expose yourself to the word of God, to pray and things like that, it begins to, God begins to work himself in you. It, like it's a metabolic process. So that your soul is rammed, that is filled with you and things that don't glorify God. With time, Christ is working himself into you through a metabolic process. And guess what? After a while, you begin to realize that Christ gains better and greater expression in your life. Is very simple, but very important. Now, this is where sanctification comes in. So, we are justified by faith. Now, most of the time, I always was made to understand, actually, what's sanctification? <laughs> what's sanctification? <laughs> sanctification, yes. Make Make something holy. Somebody says something over there. To, to what? To be, set apart. to be set apart. Okay. So when you become born again, you are justified. But sanctification actually means to be set apart, to be actually sterilized, cleaned. All right. Now, watch this. Salvation, the whole salvation process of God. Do you know how it starts? It starts in the mind or intention of God. So that's what Bible talks about. That he did it all according to the purpose of his own counsel. Mm -hmm. Ephesians chapter 2. Oh, sorry, chapter One. He did this all according to the purpose of his own counsel, to the praise of his glory. Don't forget that. You remember when Pastor Wale was teaching, to the praise of his glory. He did all these things by the purpose, by the purpose of his own counsel. Ephesians chapter one, from verse seven, somewhere there. By the purpose of his own counsel, to the praise of his glory. Alright, so he determines it, he plans everything and executes it to the praise of his glory. So salvation starts with God's plan. God intended it. So in Romans, I know you will like this. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Go into your Bibles. Romans chapter 8 verse 29. The process of salvation. Romans chapter 8 verse, what did I say, verse what? 29. It says that for who he foreknew, that's the process, okay? He foreknew, who he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be, I like this, that he might be what? Firstborn among what? Many brethren. All right, so he, he he foreknew, predestined, that will be conformed, to his son, that his son will be the firstborn amongst many brethren. Praise God. And then he goes on to say that um, moreover who he predestined he also called. Who he he called, he also what? Justified. Justified. And who he justified, he also glorified. Alright, so he starts with foreknowing the foreknowledge of God, predestination. So God, pre, he foreknew us, he predestined us to be conformed into the image of his son. So that he needed, that's why, watch this, you don't have to miss this. That's why Christ came down so that we will be like him. So that we will become many brothers of Christ. God's objective is to have many sons. For God so loved the world that he did what? He gave his only begotten son. Now, and when Christ came on earth, he was the only begotten son of the Father. And so at his baptism, Bible says that heaven opened, Matthew chapter 3, heaven opened and a voice came saying that this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God gave his only beloved son. But watch this, after he died, buried, and was resurrected, he became the firstborn son of God. (laughs) How will explain it? So that we will become the many brothers of the firstborn son of God. (laughs) 29. Those he foreknew, them he predestined to be conformed into the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn amongst many brethren. Say many brethren. So Hebrews chapter 3 calls us that holy brothers, brothers, right? He calls us holy brothers because we are not just followers. As a matter of fact, when he resurrected from the dead, before he did that, if you check the, study the Bible very carefully, there was no way he called his disciples his brothers. Until he died and resurrected in John chapter 20, verse 19, I think. Is it 17? Verse 19. Put it on the screen. Let me show you something. So he died and resurrected. And when he died and resurrected, then John chapter 20, verse 17. And Jesus said to her, do not cling to me. Don't touch me. Why? For I have not yet ascended to my father. But go and tell who? My brethren. He didn't say my disciples. Okay. Go and tell my brethren. It's after his resurrection, he started addressing them as his brothers. Now, for those of you who are not sure, brethren mean brothers. Okay. <laughs> brothers. But it says, it's, it's, it's brothers and sisters. Okay. So go and tell my brothers. Watch this. Go and tell my brethren and say to them, I'm ascending to who? My father, my father and. Your father. Oh, Along, he kept telling them, My father, my father, my father. But now he says, My father and your father. Yeah. Okay, so at, at the after resurrection, he became the firstborn son of God. Pastor, what do you mean by all this firstborn son of God? Now I'll come back to this matter, but I wanted to I want to finish on Romans chapter 8, verse 29, for to get something. So it's that the process of salvation is what? For knowledge, predestination, so for you, he predestined, he predestined, he called, that's very important. He called and those he called, he justified and those he, those he justified. The end product, the final, the final stage of our salvation process is glorification. So, you know, we've been dealing with justification. We're talking about, I'm justified, I'm in, I'm justified. For for we are justified by grace, by by faith, by grace through faith, all right? That's how we got justified, not based on our works. So we didn't have to do anything, all we have to do is to believe and put our faith in Christ and we are justified. And so, but before you get justified, you always have to understand that you didn't get justified. Don't think you came to believe Jesus because you are smart. That is why I, one day I said on TV when I was preaching, and I believe it firmly, that people don't get converted <coughs> based on good preaching, good reasoning. I'll prove to you, I'll prove. That's why arguments don't get people saved. It's What gets people saved is conviction of the Holy Spirit, and then they accept it. So that is why an illiterate, somebody who doesn't even know anything about the Bible and all he knows is John 3, 16, can go and preach the gospel to somebody and the person will be saved. Because it doesn't take how much you know in the Bible to get somebody saved. God just uses your message, your voice as His as His agent or as His medium through which He gets people convicted for them to be saved. Because before you were saved, He has already for He already foreknew you and He has predestined you and He is now calling you. And when He calls you, you answer. You are justified. Yeah. <laughs> and those also, those who He justified. Do I have anybody who is justified here? Yeah. Do I have anybody who is justified here? Yeah. Shout! I'm justified. Shout! I'm justified. So, in Romans chapter eight, verse thirty, he said, "And those he justified, he glorified." Now, we have been justified. Now, we are on our way to being glorified. It's a process. It's a process. The final stage. The final stage of salvation. His glorification. We shall be glorified. So when are we going to be glorified? We are going to be glorified, the full. Glor- <laughs> oh Lord, the full glorification is going to take place when we meet Him. And watch this, I said I was going to explain this, that why did I say Jesus was the only begotten, and now is the firstborn Son of God. Look at Acts chapter 13, verse 33. You can mark this if the Bible belongs to you. Thank you, Jesus. I love to teach these things. Now, and God has fulfilled this for us, this is, when the apostles were given the accounts of what God has done in Jesus, God has fulfilled this for us, his children, his, uh, as their children. He, promised, he gave promises to our fathers, okay, the fathers. And now the promise has been fulfilled to us, uh, their children, in that he raised Jesus Christ. He raised up Christ, uh, uh, Jesus. As it is also written in the second psalm, you are my son. Today, I have begotten you. Watch this. Now, he connected The fact that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead to the second psalm, okay? So the second psalm said, you are my son, today I begotten you. He was begotten, watch this, I'll explain it very clearly. He was begotten on the the day he was resurrected from the dead. Now, in other words, he, watch this, he became a son. (laughs) I'm going to use a very interesting English uh, phrase, not a phrase, it's a, a term. Which I had somewhere, which I think I would like to use. We—he was sunnized. He was sunnized, and then when we became born again, we were also what? Sunnized. So we, have, we became many sons of God now. So he became the firstborn. How did he become a firstborn? When he came on earth, okay, he needed to go through a process. Say process process of a human life, living as a human being, watch this, he lived as a human being, he, that's why he was angry, he did all the miracles he did not as God, most of you think that, oh, he just did all that because he was God, no, all the miracles he did, miracles he did, he did it as man, alright, so Bible talks about how, there's a song we sing, you laid aside your majesty, gave up everything for me, suffered at the hands of those you have created. So he laid his majesty aside. In Ephesians chapter 2, it talks about how Jesus Christ lowered himself. The uh, no, Bible said he, he did not count it robbery to be equal with God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 5. But then he gave up all his privileges as God and became man. Now when he became man, he restricted himself. So when he was alive, that's why he was hungry. Did you know Jesus was hungry? Yeah. Check the Bible. The Bible said he went to fast. And when the Bible says that after 40 days, when he was hungry, when he was hungry, the devil came to tempt him. So Jesus was hungry. There were times Jesus wept. John 10, 35. And Jesus wept. No. God wept. And Jesus slept. Bible said, He that keeps this does not sleep nor slumber. <laughs> So, so the, but the guy was sleeping in the boat, even in the middle of the storm, he was sleeping. <coughs> now, on the pillow, very comfortably. So, so that if this is the one who is keeping you, hmm. who even in the middle of the storm was asleep, then it contradicts co- the scripture which says that the Lord that keepeth the Psalm two one two one two sorry one two one, the Lord that keepeth the, he, he, he shall not he, he will never what the Lord that keepeth he, he will not slumber nor sleep. <laughs> but he was asleep but no watch this i I've, i think i've said this here before i said no a muslim confronted a friend of mine years ago and he says that okay you christians you say jesus christ was god when he died on the cross and he died that means your god was dead he didn't die as god god doesn't die how can god die in fact god cannot be born and secondly even if god there's one thing god cannot create another god do you know why because the, if he creates another God, that God is not God. Because God is uncreated. <laughs> and so, so God did not die. It's, watch this. It's human beings that die. Yes. How can God be, God be born? He, that's why she is not the mother of God. God cannot have mother. Mary. God cannot have. How can Mary be mother of God? Pray for us sinners. Now for the other. I'm not a sinner. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a sinner. Don't pray for me. <laughs> I'm, justified. Yeah. I'm justified, and you're also say, pray for our sinners. It's the, that prayer is for sinners. But if you are justified... <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> All right, let me help you. So, 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 so that, that Jesus watches, God laid aside his majesty, <laughs> restricted himself in humanity, wrapped himself in the womb of a woman, with humanity, and was born as a human being. And then, so this human Jesus who was born, who was once upon a time a fetus, in the womb of a woman called Mary, for nine months, after he was born, that fetus was born, he was God in man, okay? Watch this, he was born, he lived not na- a natural life, ate the food we eat, Bible, there's a song that says that he walked where I walked. He felt what I felt. Bible says that he was tempted at all points just like us. Alright, watch this, this is very important. I'm leading, we are going to Hebrews. Alright, so he had to come, watch this, he had to come and live this natural life. So that he will be qualified to be a, 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 a high priest for us. Because he lived where we live. Now watch this, so after he took the human flesh, he lived a human life, 33 and a half years. He was crucified, the human life was crucified, the human life was buried, and on the third day, rose who rose? That Jesus, the human life that was buried, the Jesus, human humanity, he was buried and he rose. Now, when he rose from the dead, for the first time in history, God said, I've got a son. So God declared Jesus his son by the resurrection. Does that make sense? Now human, human being became, became the son of God. He was sonized. Romans, let me show you, let me prove it to you. Romans chapter one, verse four. Romans one, four. Let's read it from the screen, let's go. Okay, let's go verse three so that it can make sense. Um, um, uh, concerning his son who? jesus our lord who was born of the seed of david according to what the flesh so now he's talking about this jesus was born according to the flesh right according to the flesh he was the seed of david go to the next verse verse 4 yeah and who who was declared who was declared to be what but i thought he was the son of god already no 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 in that way he was declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness. How did, was it done? By the resurrection from the dead. Yeah. That is why after he resurrected from the dead, he said, go and tell my brothers. Go and tell my brothers. Because then we, uh, he became the firstborn son from the dead. <laughs> we became the many brothers of his. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Say, I'm the brother of Jesus. Jesus. (laughs) No, if whether you're a woman or a man, just say, I'm a brother of Jesus. Say, I'm a brother of Jesus. (laughs) Now, that brother does not mean, it's not gender sensitive. All right, other than that, you should be saying queendom. United queendom because we have a queen. Say, I'm a brother of Jesus. When you come to, when you read the Bible and you see these things, these are, these are terminologies that define our heritage and our inheritance. Okay, it's in, the, in, in that order, it is the sons that inherit the fathers. Yes. So then, if you are a son, you don't have to be a daughter. It's not, it's not got anything to do with gender. Because when we go to heaven, there's no male nor female. Gender doesn't count because it's only on this earth for the purposes of marriage and proje- uh, um, procreation. That's why we need a man and a woman. But apart from that, what's the difference? When a baby is born, the only thing that defines whether the gender is, is, is so that. <laughs> Watch, it was declared to be the Son of God. Look at First Peter. I've got a few scriptures and I've got five more minutes. Look at look look, look, look look at First Peter chapter 1, verse 3. You like this text. You like this text. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3. I feel the Holy Ghost in here. I'm enjoying this thing. Is somebody getting something? Yeah. Now, blessed be God. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again to what? A living. You see that that living there? See, that living, I told you, when you see the word life, living, this is not talking about the created life. This is talking about uncreated life. So this hope we have is not from human, the source is not human. The source is God himself, all right? Living hope, all right? Through the what? Now, look at at the text again. Blessed be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, according to his abundant mercy, has done what? Has done what? What does it mean to beget? Bring forth. My only begotten son. Okay, what does it mean to be, to begot? <laughs> to to beget. What does it mean? To bring forth. Okay. To beget. Watch this, watch this. So we are begetting or we are begotten by God. How did he do that? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because through the resurrection, he himself was declared to be the son of God and after he was declared we also now are begotten so that is why when you are born again you identify with the death burial and resurrection of christ yes. then you be, bible says if anyone be in christ he is a new creation all right and god did this for us not imputing the sins of the world to them by reconciling the world to himself through christ To the the work of Christ. So Christ has to go through the process until death and then resurrected so that we shall (laughs) we shall also be the many sons of God. I'm leading this thing to get you to understand. Remember, the process of our salvation is what? He foreknew, predestined, called, justified, and glorified. Now, let me show you this scripture, then we can really run up. I probably have to come. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. You know, when you study the text of Hebrew, the Hebrew letters, the Hebrew letter was actually trying in the early stages, trying to, because Hebrews, all right? It, if you read Hebrews, you can't, it talks a lot about the customs and the rituals in the Old Testament times. Now, he compared Christ to the angels. He compared Christ to the greatest figure in the Old Testament. Who is that? Who is that? Moses. Moses. Moses was the greatest figure in the Old Testament. So, the Hebrew, uh, the book of Hebrew compares Christ to angels, compared Christ to Moses, compared Christ to the priesthood, the high priest. That is where he says that Jesus' high priesthood is not from the normal Aaronic priesthood, Levit- Levitical priesthood, but from according to the uh, Melchizedek's priesthood, which is which which is higher than the Aaronic priesthood. All right. So he began to compare Jesus so that he talking about the, the high priestly work of Christ for us, so that the blood of Jesus atoned for our sins, not the sacrifices in the Old Testament. So Hebrews was mainly talking about the But Hebrews chapter two. He, he focus, Hebrews chapter two. He focused much more on the, the, the angelic beings, and he says that Jesus and the angels is far better. Okay, Jesus far better. So from verse nine, talks about how Jesus was made a little lower than angels. Now, if you are, if you have to understand this, he in his glory, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than what angels. Now, what does that mean? Angels are um, celestial beings. They have power. They have some levels of power and levels of privileges that we as human beings, ordinary human beings, don't have. Okay, because you can't go through the wall. Can anybody go through the wall? Then you give me your bus pass. Then you can go home. You can vanish. But angels can appear anywhere and can move through stuff, right? So as a human being, there are a lot of limitations that you have as a human being. Now, Jesus Christ, by becoming a human being, he lowered himself to restrict himself in such a way that even in such a way that angels were not even that restricted. So Bible said, he made himself, uh, Jesus Christ, we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) He had to die. Angels don't die. So when you go to those, even demons don't die, let alone angels. When you go to those meetings, all the demons, we are killing them. We are killing them. It's a crazy kind of prayer. Why can't you kill demons? If they are killing them apostles Paul are killing them long ago. They would have all been gone. Uh, you would say, no, no, they've given birth more. Like the way they give birth to No, no. Demons don't die. There is a designated time when God is going to judge all demons. So angels don't die. But Jesus had to die for us. So we can be justified. You remember justification? It takes his death for us to be justified. It takes his death for our sins to be, to be, to, to be paid for. Okay, so Jesus had to become little lower than angels for the purposes of death. All right, go to the next verse. You like this? I'm going to be ending very soon. You like this? Verse ten. Verse ten. For <laughs> this is too good a scripture. Can't you see? When you read the Bible, this I love this. For it is fitting for him that him is who for fitting for him for God, for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing in bringing Menace. to where. You remember the process of salvation. Yes. Those he foreknew, yes. he called. So he predestined, and those he predestined, he called. Those he called, he justified. Like you and I, we are justified. And those he justified, now he said he pleased God by whom and for whom are all things in bringing. May, may, how many sons? Yeah. Not only one, many. many. Alright, that's why when he, he predestined and called us, he, he, he predestined us to be conformed into the image of his son so that he, Jesus, will become the firstborn amongst... All right, so for those, uh, 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 to, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering, captain of their salvation. Now, what does he mean by captain of our salvation? Captain means the, the, captain means the, the author, author. When you read some translation, he uses the word author. I think King James was up. Um, he uses the word author of our salvation. He is the he is the originator. He is the originator. He's, I wrote some words here. Um, he's not captain means he's the inaugurator, he's the pioneer, he's the leader, he's the forerunner. Say forerunner. forerunner. Hebrews 6:20 talks about Jesus Christ is our forerunner, he has gone ahead of us. Okay, so when he became the son, when he resurrected, he went into glory so that so where our for, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, he's our forerunner, right? So going back to uh, Hebrews chapter 9, chapter 2, verse 11, or verse 10, was it verse 10? We're reading here, verse 10. It says that, for it's fitting for him in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect. Now, what does he mean? For him to be made perfect, the captain of our salvation means that he is the one who who engineered, who inaugurated our salvation, which God has p- planned. So he came to. In Ephesians chapter one, it talks about he came to God. God determines the salvation. Christ executes the salvation, and the Holy Spirit applies it to us. All right. So Jesus Christ is the inaugurator. He is the pioneer. He is the leader of our salvation. What does it mean to make him perfect? What does it mean to make him perfect? To make him perfect doesn't mean Jesus Christ didn't have perfection or by, it, 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 so long as virtue was concerned. Watch this very carefully. Because somebody said Jesus was not perfect because the Bible says he was made perfect through death. No, the perfect there is to make him like he is, he, when you talk about the matters regarding our salvation, he is most qualified and properly suited. So, there's, through here to suffer, Go through that so that you become a perfect pioneer, a perfect the proper somebody who they had to go through their process. Say process, process of being born. Angels can't do that. Angels can't, don't get don't don't give birth. They were created beings. They are not born. Okay, so angels don't don't go through birth. They don't suffer. They don't go through death. But Jesus Christ came to live our human life. Was born like you and I, had a mother, had a father, had friends. Was, was he played with his friends. I believe he was playing football or ping pong. <laughs> he lived a normal life, ate the normal food, ate bread. Okay? If to understand that the Pharisees were accusing him that he likes food every time there's party is there. But Jesus Christ lived that life and went through death, punishment so that he will become then, uh, 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 the, uh, the author of our salvation. He was made perfect through death, uh, uh, through suffering. Now, I'll go to the next verse and I'll end on that. <laughs> Did you see that? Let's all read it together. Oh, Us who are being sanctified are all of the same source. (laughs) Many brothers, many sons of the same source. God is our source. So we are all of the same source. Now, this is where my message of sanctification was going to pick up from. So we are being sanctified. And who is the sanctifier? He. Now, next week, I'm going to take you to Ephesians chapter 5 where it talks about he gave himself. Husband love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify the church through the uh, washing of water by the word and then verse 27 says that that he might present him a glorious church Our destination is glory <laughs> So after we are justified the next step is glorification but the glorification we need to go through the process of sanctification Say, I'm sanctified. sanctified. Say, I'm justified. I'm I'm the brother of Christ. We are the many sons of God. Christ is the firstborn son. son. And we are the many sons. We are are his many brothers. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. Come on, give God some praise. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. You're welcome to connect with David Entry on Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also find more Spirit-filled messages from Karis Church on YouTube and all relevant streaming platforms. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share the message. Be blessed.